the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. As we look at Romans chapter 5, let's yield ourselves to the Spirit of God and what He wants to teach us. And let's not look at this, let's not ever come to the Word of God and look to see what was written to an ancient people. Let's come to the Word of God and recognize that it's the Spirit of God's tablet to write a message to our soul. Let's hear Him. Let's hear Him tonight. Today we will look at uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 9 through 11, but I'm going to begin in verse 8 to kind of keep the context. Romans 5, verses 8 through 11. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. Therefore... Since we are now justified, acquitted, made righteous, and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood, how much more certain is it that we shall be saved by him from the indignation and wrath of God? For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, it is much more certain, now that we are reconciled, that we shall be saved daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life. Not only so, but we also rejoice and exulting glory in God in his love and perfection through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received and enjoyed our reconciliation. Now these verses and the verses that are to follow are the kind of the much more verses that speak of the security and life of the Christian. Remember that Paul is, is writing to Christians. He's not writing to people that need the Lord. He's writing to people that have the Lord as their life. And what he is doing, as he does in all of his letters, is he's trying to bring them into the truth of this. Because it is the source of of peace and joy and rest and all the rewards that Christ gives us through his life. It is the source of all of those things as we live in the context of our union with him. Paul is trying to bring these Christians into the context of their union with him. 
Otherwise, they live the roller coaster life of the Christian who lives with God outside of him, constantly begging God to come into his circumstance, constantly begging God to heal his pain or to deal with his circumstances. And it's us on the outside trying to invite God in as Christians. And that is nothing but heretical lies. It really is. It's a distortion. It has no basis in truth. It is man's version of making the gospel man-centered. That's not what it is. It's about his life. These verses are speaking of the security that we have and the life that we have. These are the substance of the blessed assurance that we have in Christ. Since the death of Christ saved us, much more will his life within keep us. Since his death brought us into faith, much more will his life be our assurance. Since we have triumphed over sin through death, much more shall we triumph in life through his life. You see, much more takes us from that singular act of God's grace to the ongoing activity, and I'm speaking of his death and resurrection, to the ongoing activity of his life within. Many Christians perpetually dwell upon the cross and the forgiveness of sin in much in the way an infant would would only know his birth. That's all they know to talk about. But the greater glory is that he has placed us in union with himself and given us his life. That we bear the resurrection life of Christ. It is not just about the cross. I want you to understand that the cross is glorious. And it is the greatest manifestation of love and grace that God could give us. But it is just a means to an end. It is not the end itself. It is the beginning. It is the birthplace. Since his death perfected our lives, much more will his life preserve our lives. Just as the life of the vine preserves the branch and causes it to come into its intended purpose and bear fruit, so his life within preserves and perfects us for our intended purpose. This verse says, since now we are justified. And that's in present tense. It's not saying, since we are becoming justified. You know, many Christians miss the freedom and liberty of the life that he's given us by believing that Christ saved us, and now we must somehow justify his sacrifice through our good behavior and religious activity. We are justified by grace. Romans 3.24, you remember this, we, we studied it. Romans 3.24 says, All are justified and made righteous and in right standing with God, freely and gratuitously by His grace, His unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. See, we're not justified by confession. We are not justified by repentance. We are justified by the death of Christ alone, by His blood alone. The activity of man, no matter what it is, never will and never can justify us. We are justified in Him. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, But if we really are living and walking in the light, as He Himself is in the light, 
We have true, unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses, removes us from all sin and guilt. Keeps us, get this, this is the Amplified. Keeps us cleansed from sin in all its form and manifestation. Isn't that glorious? His blood took away the sins of the world. The Old Testament talks about how the sacrifices covered sin. But Christ, literally, His sacrifice removed it. It completely took it up. He didn't just cover it over. It's gone. When we talk about sin is under the blood. I want you to know that what's underneath that blood is white as snow. Though your sins be as scarlet, He will wipe them clean. Romans 3.25, he says, Whom God put forward before the eyes of all as a mercy seat and propitiation by his blood, the cleansing and life-giving sacrifice and atonement and reconciliation to be received through faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over and ignored former sins without punishment. Because we have received by faith the sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation made possible through his death. Much more, much more, we shall be saved from the wrath and indignation of God. Now I don't want you to interpret this to mean that Jesus is standing between us and a wrathful God. God has been reconciled to man through the death of his son. And you need to understand that this is speaking of a future wrath. It is speaking of a wrath that will be poured out against sin in the time of tribulation. We have been saved, and the Greek word there is sozo. It means to save, it means to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, and to keep one from injury or peril. There is a rescue... And then there is an ongoing protection. You need to see salvation in its fullness. You need to see that both are the essence of salvation. Salvation is, yes, a one-time act. But it is also the truth, which we'll see in 5.10. We are being saved continuously. His life is our daily salvation. Romans 5.10 For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. It is much more certain, now that we are reconciled, that we shall be saved, daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life. His life is our daily salvation. John 10, verse 28 and 29 says, And I give them eternal life. This is Jesus speaking. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never lose it or perish throughout the ages. To all eternity they shall never by any means be destroyed. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater and mightier than all else. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Salvation is being put into Christ. And in Christ, we are in the hand of God. Protection and ongoing salvation is in the fact that nothing will be able to snatch you 
from his hand. You are held by him. We were enemies. And an enemy is someone that is hostile, that hates, not just someone who's unfriendly. We were completely hostile to God. And God not only saved us from our slavery to sin, he saved us from our relationship to it. We shall be saved, and it says, by or in his life. And again, the life within is what saves us. The word by or through is also translated in, and this speaks of union. The word there speaks of union. He is not just the Lord of our life, he is literally our life. He's not just part of our life. He is literally our life. And you know, I went for years saying these things, well, God, Christ is the Lord of my life. And you know what I believed emotionally about that? I believed that I had to, and I heard this preach, make him the Lord of my life. I had to make him the Lord of my life. And if I didn't hold him in that position, then he would not be the Lord of my life. Listen, he is not just the Lord of my life. He is my life. He can't extract himself from that position, nor would he. And I cannot extract myself from that position, nor would I. That is the new covenant in its essence. It's not dependent upon the weak flesh of man to hold God in the place that he belongs. It is, a, it is completely dependent upon the omnipotent power of God by his determination and will and by our very creation to hold us in that place. So we can rest. We can rest in the truth that he is our life. Not just when we do it right, but all the time. From the point of birth, when we received Him, on to eternity that never ends. He is our life. If you're a child of God. And here's the other thing. Our relationship with Him cannot be summed up in what He does for us or through us. That's another deception. And when we quantify our relationship with God by what we see Him doing in us and through us, we miss the truth. The truth is that He is our life if He does nothing through us or for us. But (laughs) that's impossible because by virtue of being our life, He manifests all that He is through us. He makes available to us all that He is He has literally joined our lives to his character, to his person, to who he is. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live. There's no separation. But Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body... I live by faith. Because in the body, it's hard to clearly see this. By adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. You know, there's so much in that. You know, Christ didn't just give up the throne to come down here and share in our sin and and be our sacrifice. He didn't just give that up. And the way he sees it is not an imposition. It is not a hardship. 
the way he sees it is that he came down here and gave up his literal individuality. He added to himself all of us. You see, Christ, though he is the Son of God, is now joined to us as we are his body, for we are the bride of Christ. And the ceremony is going to be wonderful. (laughs) The officiation is going to be glorious. Because in that moment, all of heaven will see consummated before their very eyes the truth that they now recognize and that we embrace by faith. And when we recognize and embrace this truth, can we not walk upon this earth, upon the, in the difficulties and in the trials of this earth, knowing that we are in union with the God of all eternity, that nobody takes life from us, no circumstance takes life from us, no situation takes life from us. We are literally joined to Christ himself. Such victory is ours. Colossians 3, 4. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. We are saved by the life of Christ within, who doesn't just come to us when we need salvation, but indwells us and is in union with us. And the thing we've got to understand, we've got to get our minds... Now, listen... The thing that I think that distracts us most is most teachings on prayer. Because most teachings on prayer intimate, if they don't come right out and say, that in order for prayer to be effective, we must, or for us to be powerful in prayer, we must invite him into our prayer life, invite him into our circumstances. Now, while it is true that he is the strength of our prayer life, because we are not inviting him in, we're literally entering in. Understand this. That the salvation of the Lord is ongoing and it is happening because He is the very life within you. It is not happening as a result of prayer. Prayer is making you aware of the salvation of the Lord. It is causing you to enter into the truth of it. It's getting you to embrace the reality of it. When God designs in your life, and if you look at Ephesians 2.10, and you look at the whole of what Christ says about our lives, you recognize that there's no happenstance. And knowing this in our prayer life, sure, He knows what we need before we ask, but the exercise is not for Him to know. The exercise is for you to know. And literally, not for you to know what's going to happen, but to know about the union that you live in. To make it a practice to live out of that union. You know why we pray? The same reason if we're in the room with someone, we talk to them. It's awkward to sit in a room with somebody and not talk to them. Well, that's what God designed for us. We're not just sitting in the room with Him, we're in union. Now that's the truth of prayer. And the neat thing about it is, we don't even have to know what to pray. (laughs) 
Isn't that cool? I used to think we should all pray like uh, D. James Kennedy. Man, that guy, you know, he's got that voice and he can speak in the King James. I used to think that we all should pray. I remember, you know, it, you can all relate to, I digress, but you can all relate to, you know, growing up in church and the deacons would rotate the prayer, you know, and they come in and they all kind of, they all kind of practiced and they got that, uh, you know, that heavenly tone, our heavenly father. And, and, you know, it made you think, you know, I could never pray like that. But you know what? When my son comes to talk to me, the last thing I want him to do is come in and say, My gracious and loving Father. I'm going to say, Who are you and what have you done with my son? And you know what? God's the same way. He gave you the voice you got. He put you in Texas so that when you prayed, you'd have a South Texas accent. He expects to hear you as you are. He wants to hear your heart. And He doesn't need to know from you. He needs you to enter into the truth that He knows. He saves us every moment of every day. You know, the truth is we have blood that gives life to our organs. We talk about this during uh, communion. We have blood in the body that gives life to our organs and to our limbs. It courses throughout the body to give it life. But the other thing that it does, as it runs through our organs and through our bodies, the other thing that it does is it literally purifies the body. It carries out the toxins and diseases that would otherwise take our life. The blood, because of the life that is within us, literally animates the body. But at the same time, the blood, because it is life, purifies the body. That blood that flows through your body is saving you right now. You are being saved on a physical level, on a spiritual level. That union life, that life that flows through your being is saving you. Did you know that the reality is that you don't enter in or experience a temptation unless God allows it? Now, right now, or throughout your life, you, you have been saved from things that you couldn't possibly comprehend. And you were not aware of that salvation. And God's just doing what God would do for His children, what a shepherd would do for a sheep. But there are times in your life when you entered into temptation and you entered into a trial and you knew that this was a point of choice for you. And God made you aware. Now why did God do that? Why didn't He just take care of it like He took care of the rest? Because you have to choose in order for you to enter in and embrace all that He has given you. In order for you to recognize and walk in the salvation that is yours. You have to choose. This is participation. This is recognition. This is what he's made you for. This is what Paul's talking about. This reconciliation that Christ has given us and brought us into union with himself and made us his own is literally our salvation. It is what is causing us to be saved daily in our lives. And you know that right now I'm being saved from self-centeredness. I'm being saved from selfishness. I'm being saved from pride. I'm being saved from all manner of things, aren't you? You are. And you know you can embrace any one of those things and try to live to them. But salvation is not what God brings to you. Remember our thinking? 
It's not what God brings to you. It is literally embracing the salvation that is within you. I can't tell you how many times in my own life that I've encountered temptation and I'm saying, God, you need to come and remove me from this temptation. You need to come and save me from this temptation. And I was praying in unbelief. I was. Because God didn't have to come anywhere, did He? And didn't the life of Christ overcome all temptation? Isn't it done? So why didn't I just believe that the life within me has overcome the temptation that is brought before me, proclaim the victory that is mine, and go forward in truth, rather than playing the victim, and somehow intimating that if God didn't show up, it'll be His fault. You ever played that game? He is saving us. We have salvation within that only needs to be appropriated when temptation is before us. We have salvation within that actively protects us from the power of sin. You know, He allows us to be tempted that we may be provoked to embrace the salvation that His life has already provided us. Philippians 4.13 says in the Amplified, Paul speaking, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. This verse screams union strength. The truth of our ever-present salvation that is ours through the life within. We are ever strong, ever empowered, ever victorious. Not because of what He will do, but because of what He's already done. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, Visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.